0: You're listening to the message podcast of High Ridge Church Longview, where our vision is to help you know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and ultimately make a difference. We are so glad that you're here, and we pray that this message impacts your life as you apply the spiritual truths from God's Word in practical ways. Let's listen in. Come
1: on, are you ready for the Word? We value the word
0: of God here. So it's my pleasure to
1: welcome my pastor all the way from High Ridge, Fort Worth. Please help me give a warm, long view welcome. Please stand to your feet and welcome Pastor Jeff Klingenberg. Come on, let's give him a big welcome. So glad that you're here. Would you guys extend your hand this way and let's pray over, Pastor. Father, I thank you for my pastor. I pray that your word would be so evident through him that you would speak exactly what we need to hear in Jesus' name. And everybody said together, Amen. Do I need to keep going? I need to keep going to get all your messages together. I'm good. You good? good. All right.
2: Hey, everybody. Good morning. Good to see you all. I want to start out by celebrating some wins. So here's what I've discovered. Living with an attitude of gratitude makes life so much better than living without it. So first win is how about Pastor Chris and Julie and this worship team? Wow. Wow. I'm telling you. You, man, I'm telling you, they are special, and the anointing on the platform today and leading us to the presence of the Lord was phenomenal. Nothing short of phenomenal. That is a huge win, and I, I give credit and thanks where credit is due. And then the second win on August 8th, this last week, a miracle took place. Pastor Tim and Tina celebrated 14 years of marriage. What a huge win! And that's a miracle because, come on, everybody, we all know that Tina is an angel. She has to be. She has to be in this. And then the third win, uh, we, we had the joy of hosting Pastor Max Lucado at the Fort Worth campus last Sunday. Anybody ever heard of a guy that's written 100 books, perhaps the most influential Christian communicator of the last 20 years? And uh, he did such a great job, and he, and he loves the High Ridge family, was asking lots of questions. Pastor Tim, I didn't tell you this, asking lots of questions about how we relate together as a spiritual family, and he's hoping for that for, uh, for the Oak, Oak Hills congregation as well. Anyway, he started his message last week telling what I thought was a humorous, phenomenal joke. So I want to tell it to you. He said this, My congregation keeps telling me as I get older, I'm preaching longer and longer sermons. I didn't believe him, And then last week... During the sermon, a guy gets up right in the middle of the message and starts walking out. And he said, it aggravated me. So I yelled at him, hey, buddy, where are you going? He turned around and said, I'm going to get a haircut. And then he asked him, well, why didn't you get a haircut before you came to church? And the guy goes, I didn't need it before I came to church. <laughs> All right, we're going to be in First Timothy chapter 1. And I want to encourage you to get your Bibles and get something to jot down, some notes. We're going to cover a lot of scriptures today. The title of today's message is Bouncing Back. Now I have a burden. The closer that we get to the end of the age, the closer that we get to the transition from this world, the way that it is, into the way God designed it to be when the new heaven and new earth come, we're getting closer to that transition. What I've noticed is the closer that we get to the end... It seems like the, the warfare against the people of God is getting stronger and stronger. And, and the difficulties that come against God's people are getting stronger and gaining momentum such that I'm noticing that, that many are slipping away. Many are pulling back. Now, we've had some stuff affect us the past few years, right? We had this little thing called a pandemic that took place. We have a lot of things going on. What that produced, in a way, is convenience of the sofa, being able to, to watch and just watch church. By the way, welcome everybody that's watching from home. This isn't to condemn you. This is just to invite you back. If you haven't been back to church yet, Pastor Tim likes that one. You're going to reuse that one, aren't you? And then just the whole consumerism mindset. I mean, we have at our fingertips every anointed preacher on the planet right now. And you can watch, you can watch communicators far and above what you're watching and listening to today. Please don't say Amen. And it's just, I mean, Elevation Online, 60,000 per hour or something like that. Transformation Church, a Church Home. I mean, it's it's easier and easier and more convenient to be able to just kind of slip back into just convenience in Christian walk. And, and at the same time, many are getting discouraged and beat down in faith and are dropping out. So I wanna teach you today about how to bounce back. It could also be entitled How to Re-Anchor Your Soul. So the theme for hope, uh, uh, for uh, High Ridge Fort Worth is hope this year. And in Hebrews chapter six, verse 19, it says that we have as an anchor of our soul, hope, hope in God. So it could be titled that. It could be titled the restoration of quitters. Cause I want to show you three guys today that quit and then show you if you're like them at all, how to bounce back. Everybody in favor of bouncing back? Say amen. So I want to show you today how the enemy comes after you. I want to show you today how to, how to come back if you've drifted away, secondly, and then thirdly, if you're here today saying, you know what, I'm doing good, enemy's not getting through, shields are up, I'm winning, and I'm not drifting away, then this message is for you today to equip you to help somebody else. How many of you know that you don't just come to church to hear something for you? Come on. You come to hear something that God can speak to you that you can, in turn, put in your own words to help somebody else out. And so I wanna encourage you, as you are strengthened today, to go and strengthen others also. First Timothy chapter 1, let me pray. Father, I pray that you capture my words and my thoughts, my thoughts and my words. I pray, Lord, that you would anoint me to help your people. Lord, let there be an anointing that will teach truth today and that will break bondage. This I pray in Jesus' name, amen. All right, First Timothy chapter 1. I want to show you where this came from three weeks ago in my quiet time. I've been in Timothy, and the Lord just quickened this to me, so I want to help you with it today. First Timothy 1, 18. This command I entrust to you, Timothy, my son, in accordance with the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them, by what? The prophecies. Prophecies given by people speaking to Timothy to build his faith. You all believe in that here? It's a phenomenal thing. That by those prophecies, you might fight the good fight. Fight the good fight. Now, let me give you that phrase. It's just one word in the Greek text. Strateo. What word does that sound like in English? Somebody say it for me. Strategy. Strategy. So what he's saying here is that by the prophecies, you might have a strategy. Literally living in the ways of God so that you might have a strategy to be able to win against the evil one. So I want to help you to discover strategy today. Well, let me ask you this. What is your strategy to win against the enemy? What's your strategy? You might be sitting here saying, "I, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't think I have one. Well, I wanna encourage you today to just listen and let the Holy Spirit speak to you because you need a strategy to win against the enemy because he's after you and he wants to break you down. I've discovered that if I don't have a strategy to win, then I end up losing. So now go to verse 19. Look at this on the screen. Keeping faith and a good conscience, which some have rejected. Notice it's some, not all. Some have rejected and suffered shipwreck in regard to their faith. So what he's saying here is you need to keep the faith, keep what you've been given by God. By the way, faith very simply is just this, you being confident in God's goodness. If you'll remain confident that God is a good God, then you'll be able to stand strong and hold on to your faith. But it says to keep the faith so that you won't have shipwreck to your faith. And this is happening in our world right now, coming out of a pandemic and the craziness and the uncertainty and just a number of people being hit by a number of things. So I'm here today to try to equip you and help you. Why? Because when you drift away from the Lord, you're subject to a crash. I wanna prevent you from having a crash, and I wanna help you to help others not have a crash. Help you and equip you so that you can win. I wanna play my part in helping to stop the warfare of the enemy coming against your life. Amen, somebody? All right, so let's take a look at three people. Somebody say three. Three people that needed to bounce back. In other words, they had fallen away. And the first example today is Peter. And what hit him, the strategy of the evil one against his life, was what I would call discouragement. And I believe this happens to many of us. Many of you that are watching online and joining in with us, look forward to you being back in the house. But you know you need to be honest and admit if discouragement is coming your way, and and then just to have your heart be open on how to bounce back from that. So let's take a look at what happened with Peter. Okay, and so we pick this up in John chapter 21, verse 1. John 21. After this, Jesus revealed himself. Somebody say the next word. Again. Again. See, Jesus had already revealed himself to the disciples multiple times. So the point that's being made here, the Holy Spirit through John, is to show us that Jesus is making a connection with the disciples again. And you need to understand this as well. If you've drifted away, you can come back today, why? Because he wants to connect with you again. He wants to connect with you and help you and bless you again revealed himself to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias. Now you might think, where in the world is that? Well, let me help you understand something. There are two bodies of water in the state of Israel. If you get to go with us when we go to Israel sometime, we're going every other year, we hope, from now on until the Lord calls me home. I hope to take a group, Pastor Tim, every other year to Israel, because it changes your life when you see, when you're there where Jesus was, where probably the Bible really does come to life. Well, there's two bodies of water, the Dead Sea which we've heard a lot about, there's nothing living in it. And then the Sea of Galilee, also called the Sea of Tiberias. A guy named Tiberius said, this is, I'm, I'm naming this myself, but it's also called in the New Testament, Lake Gennesaret. So one body of water with three different names. So anyway, anytime you see a different name, just know Pastor Jeff told you it's the same place. He, Jesus, revealed himself in this way. Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, The sons of Zebedee, which, by the way, we know are James and John. And two others of the disciples were together. Now, let me do the math for you. That's Peter plus six more. So seven of them are together. And the one who's the leader of the seven is Peter. Now, let's look and see what Peter says. Verse 3. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. Now, time out. I want to ask you a question. Did Jesus invest in Peter's life, pour himself into Peter's life, teach Peter how how to link up with him and to extend God's kingdom so that Peter could give up ministering to people and go back to trying to catch fish. And the answer is no. He called him away from that life. Not that there was anything wrong with it, it's just that there was a higher calling. And that's a word for somebody today. Not, not, Not that you're in the wrong place, but there's a higher calling, a higher place for you to step up to. Peter said, I'm going fishing. Now look, this is important. They said to him, we will go with you. In other words, the leader was leading away from the call of God and the followers followed the leader away from the calling of God. And they went out in a boat and caught nothing that night. They fished all night and caught, caught, caught nothing. So you need to understand something. You are influencing people all the time whether you know it or not. Your life is an influence. Whether you realize it or not, you are influencing others. I read a a funny story, I think Don actually sent this to me a couple weeks ago, and it's about a small town pastor, actually a rural pastor, that had to do everything, because it was a small congregation. So he was the gardener, he, he was the janitor, he was everything, and there was a garden outside the church. And so he was building a trellis for a vine that was growing in the garden, and up walks a little boy. And the little boy just stands there and watches him, doesn't say anything. So the pastor's thinking, okay, the little boy's just wanting to learn carpentry or just wanting to learn gardening. And so he just kept watching and finally the pastor couldn't resist any longer. And he said to him, son, are you trying to pick up some pointers on gardening? Little boy said, nope, I'm just watching to see what a pastor says after he hits his thumb with a hammer. (laughs) You are always having an influence. Somebody is watching. What kind of influence are you having on others? Now, the influence that Peter was having is he was discouraged. Jesus was coming and going and coming and going. And, and Jesus has said, wait, go in Jerusalem and wait for the promise of my father to be poured out, which we know is the Holy Spirit. And so Peter's just discouraged. I mean, he came in second on the race to the tomb. That would be very discouraging, especially if you use, lose to a guy named John. And I'm just joking. He He was discouraged. He had denied Christ three times, the embarrassment. He was discouraged. He had decided to go back to fish for fish when he had been taught how to fish for men. See, discouraged people have a discouraging influence. Just no way around it. If you allow the lack of courage or discourage to hold on in your spirit, then it will lead you to influencing others with that very thing. But it's not what God wants Some here today need to understand this strategy of the enemy against your life because it's a powerful strategy. If I can just discourage her, if I can just discourage him, if I can just get him to turn loose and back up a little bit, then inevitably what Paul told Timothy will happen. It'll end up of the shipwrecking of your faith. And I want to help head that off today. Because there's enough of that going on with pastors and churches and Christians in in this city and in the city that I serve more frequently than not, and, and, and it needs to stop. God wants to stop it. Understand it this way. It was advertised that the devil was putting all of his tools for sale. He had prices on each one of them. Laying spread out on the table was hatred, envy, jealousy, lust, pride, deceit, lying, and so on, every tool that he had with a price on it. But one tool was sitting off to the side by itself. It was a very well-worn tool. Matter of fact, it was almost worn out. And the price on that tool was higher than any other of his tools. And someone inquired and said, what tool is that and why is the price of it so high? And the devil responded, that tool, that wedge-shaped tool is discouragement. And the price of it is so high because of how effective it is when I use it to wedge into someone's life. It belongs to me and people don't even know it. I just want to encourage you today. If you are in any way discouraged, we're going to pray in just a moment and it's going to be your time for a breakthrough. We're going to pray in just a moment and you can be restored just like Peter was restored from discouragement. How do I know that he was? Let me summarize it for you. At the end of John 21, Jesus shows up. He cooked breakfast, fish and bread. How about that for a breakfast? He'd cooked breakfast. They'd fished all night. They hadn't caught anything. He told them to throw their net on the other side. They said, we've already done that. It didn't work. Now throw your net on the other side. They had a huge catch, 153 fish, some of them so large, they couldn't pull them in. Peter jumped in the water, got dressed first, jumped in the water, swam to shore, knew it was the Lord. And here's how the conversation went. As the Lord was restoring Peter back to his call and helping him get out of the, the strategy of the evil one, which had gotten him, which was discouragement. Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. Second time, Peter, do you love me? (laughs) Yes, Lord, I love you. Third time, Peter, do you love me? For crying out loud, yes, Lord, I love you. Then what did Jesus say? Feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. In other words, get back in the game. Get back on track. Grab hold of the plow. Get back to the place where you belong. Listen, a discouraged fisherman became a determined shepherd and the same thing can happen for you. A discouraged husband can become a determined husband. A discouraged wife can become a determined wife and on and on and on it goes. Will you receive courage today? When we pray in just a moment, if that describes you, even in the smallest way, I wanna encourage you to receive courage. Let's go on. Let's take a look at a second person who needed to bounce back. And this guy's name is John Mark. I'm just curious to know, has anybody heard of John Mark? Just give me a wave. I know some of you that are veterans in the faith have heard of him. Well, let me describe John Mark to you. John Mark was raised in church. Now, once again, just to show of hands, how many of y'all have been raised up in church? Just give me a wave. If you're at home watching with us, just wave. I see the hand. You've been raised up in church. This was John Mark. How do I know that? Because he first appears in the scripture in Acts chapter 12. And this is after the angel had come to where Peter was in prison and had shaken the, the building and his chains fell off and he walks out, he's set free by an angel out of prison, uh, doesn't know where to go or what to do and decides, I'll go to Mary's house because there's always a bunch of uh, Christ followers and there's always lots of courage there. And, and so John Mark is there. We see it in Acts chapter 12, 12, when he realized this, speaking of Peter that had been set free from prison, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose other name was Mark where many were gathered together and were praying. You go on to Acts chapter 13 and we see that this John Mark was on the first missionary journey. So he was with Paul and Barnabas and a bunch of others, Simon, Niger, Lucius, Mannion, and John Mark when they went up into Turkey and started a bunch of new churches helping people to meet Jesus. John Mark was there. And then in Acts chapter 15, they decide to go back and encourage all of those new congregations. And here's what happens on the seashore when they're about to get on a boat to go up and have the second missionary journey. Paul and Barnabas have a disagreement. What happened? Well, it happened over this distracted guy named John Mark. And I believe that was a stronghold with John Mark was he was so easily distracted. And we see this in Acts chapter 15. After some days, Paul said to Barnabas, let us return and visit the brothers in every city where we proclaim the word of the Lord and see how they are. Now, Barnabas wanted to take with him John called Mark, but Paul thought it best not to take with them one who had withdrawn from them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to the work. In other words, he quit. In other words, he walked away from what God had called him to do. And Paul was like, no, we can't afford to have that 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 distraction come into us this time. We we gotta keep that distraction that's in that young man. We gotta keep that away. And Barnabas said, no, he's got potential. Come on, we need to take, and, and you read it, you see in the Bible, there arose such a sharp disagreement so that they separated from each other. Barnabas took Mark with him and sailed away to Cyprus. And then it says Paul took Silas and went on up to do the second missionary journey. What's the point? When you quit working with God, you default on the blessings God has for you. John Mark defaulted. He took a time out. He, he, he bounced away from the life the, that he had had in God. He, he, he quit on, on the work that God had called him to do with his life. And as a result, there's a missing set of blessings there. That as a loving pastor, I want to love you and encourage you not to be that person so that you don't miss out on all the life and activity that you can have with God if you can overcome those distractions and not quit and not pull away. John Mark was restored. Peter was restored. John Mark was restored. Let's pick this up. I want to show you two verses written at the very end of the time period when the New Testament was written. It shows us that even though this happened, and these two giants in the faith, Paul and Barnabas, ended up splitting, I want you to see what happened later on. Look at this regarding regarding John Mark. Colossians chapter four, verse 10, one of the last letters, one of the last things written in the New Testament. Erastarshis, my fellow prisoner, greets you, and Mark... The cousin of Barnabas, concerning whom you've received instructions, if he comes to you, welcome him. Second Timothy chapter 4, verse 11. Another, another thing the Holy Spirit penned through, through the Apostle Paul at the very, very end of the time that the New Testament was being written. Luke alone is with me. Paul's in prison here, writing a letter to Timothy. It says, Luke is here. And look at this Get Mark and bring him with you, for he is very useful to me for ministry. Isn't that awesome? This young man that got distracted and and didn't go to the work, uh, that that Paul is calling for him at the end of his life. Bring Mark, bring, uh, man, he's useful. He's so beneficial. What happened? That distracted young man got back on track, got back in the ways of God. And it's the same for you today if you're distracted. And get back on track, get back to the place God has you to be. And such to the point that the great apostle was calling for him at the end of his life that he wanted that one to come and work with him in his last days. I want to give you a saying that's popular in our age, and I want to explain to you why I'm giving it to you Winners never quit, and quitters never win. And here's what I mean you're a winner in Christ. You've been giving something you didn't deserve. You have your name sealed in the Lamb's book of life. If you're in Christ, you have the spirit of God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, dwelling in your literal body. You have the capacity to have a renewed mind, a blessed life. You have a capacity to work hand in hand with Almighty God. What a privilege. What an honor. But at the same time, we can so easily get distracted. Come on, somebody. I'm not just preaching to Jeff Klingenberg today. I know it's true for all of us. It's so easy to get distracted. And we entertain quitting, and many times we do. But what happens is that there's a loss in that time that we've quit. There's a loss that I don't want you to experience. And you're a winner in Christ. Therefore, regardless of how distracted you might be today or discouraged if you identify with Peter, today can be the day when things change. We're gonna pray in just a moment, and I wanna encourage you to step into the place of being distraction-free, of being back on on track, back in focus, and blessed by God? Have you become distracted in your faith walk? And if you have, today is a good day to to connect back with the Lord. All right, the third person today. Let me give this to you quickly. The third person is a guy named Demas. Now, I ask about Peter. Everybody's heard of Peter, right? Ask about John Mark. Not that many have heard of John Mark. Has anybody ever heard of Demas? One, two, great, three, four. Some are raising their hands just wanting to be one of the few, you know. So Demas is a young man that also quit. He's a young man that also bounced away from the Lord. And we have no record of him bouncing back. So I wanna wanna show you this one as well. And I think what got Demas was worldliness. And I'll show you the verse that, that gives me that meaning. His name means, literally, Demas means popular. He was the popular guy. Literally, in our world today, Demas would be an influencer. You all know what I'm talking about. Influencer is somebody that strikes into something on social media, and they become so effective at whatever that thing is, that they begin to be sponsored by corporations because of the number of people watching the videos, watching how they cook, whatever the case may be, watching the photos, and, and, and so, so many of us understand what it means to be an influencer, and some are even wanting to be an influencer. We've got people at the Fort Worth Congregation who want to be an influencer, so there'll be a, a, que- a picture and then a question and, and shoot me a question or hit me up with something and just trying to create that focus on something to themselves. But it, generally speaking, is not tie- tied into the Lord because the world does not necessarily appreciate influencers who are influencing people toward God. Quite often, the influencing effect, popular as Demas would be the case, is on self and on the individual. And I think this is perhaps why this is so hard to bounce back from, when we put ourselves on the throne of our life and don't keep Christ on the throne of our life. So Demas, let's take a look at him. I think this is the worst kind of quitter. But nevertheless, one that I believe God can restore from today. In uh, in Philemon, verses 23 and 24, only one chapter. So I could say Philemon 1, 23 and 24. But anyway, here's what the Bible says. And this is, once again, the Apostle Paul. This time he's writing to uh, to a, uh, um, a young man named Philemon, and is trying to encourage him because he saw potential in his life. Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ, sends you greetings, sends greetings to you. So do Mark, there's Mark again, by the way, with Paul in prison. Erastarsus, Demas, and Luke, my fellow workers. So Demas was a young man that got caught with Paul doing work for Christ and was also captured and thrown in prison with Paul. So Demas is right here in prison as Paul is writing this letter to Philemon. Now in Colossians chapter four, verse 14, we see this. Luke, the beloved physician, greets you as does, say his name, Demas. This guy that's got a worldly focus, whose name literally means popular or influencer. Demas greets you. See, here's what I've discovered. Many start out strong with God only to fade later. Many people start out really strong with God, but then the cares of the world, the, the boastful pride of life, the interest in things of this realm uh, begin to get brighter and stronger, and the interest in things in, in the realm where God dwells become less and less and less. And quite often what happens is this leads people to bounce away from God. Many are strong only to fade later. And then in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 10, this is why... I wanna show you how the the power and the allure of this world is so strong, how it could pull this, this man that was so godly he went to prison in order to defend Christ, but it still pulled him away. Look at this, 2 Timothy 4, verse 10. For Demas, in love with this present world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. This guy, so strong at one point, But then, tough times, difficult processes. Man, the world looks so much nicer and so much easier. As soon as I get out of here, God bless you. Paul, many blessings to you. You want to die for Jesus, go ahead. Not what I'm going to do. I'm going to go have some fun. Let's get it started in here. Let's have a party in here. And it captured this young man. It captured him in love with this present world has deserted me. Who or what do you love? Who or what do you love? What has the power to pull you away from serving your Lord? Activities? Kids activities? Ooh, got really quiet in first service on that one too. Hobbies? Job, more money? Convenience? Is it just convenience? What is it, status? What this world has to offer pales in comparison to what our God has to offer your life. It's so secondary, it's, it falls so far behind what God has in store for your life. But yet it pulls us away, it pulled Demas away. We don't know exactly what it was, we just know that he fell in love with the world. And he fell out of love with the Lord. What this world has to offer pulls us away. It captures us and takes us to a difficult place. How many of you all have seen the classic all-time great movie, A Bug's Life? Okay, so the, for those of you that are younger that don't have kids yet, unless you watched it as kid, there's this phenomenal movie before the woke generation and all the crud came in to, to cartoons and stuff called A Bug's Life. And it's basically showing what life was like for a bug. And it's pretty funny. So now, I, now I'm to the point in life where I watched it with my kids. And now guess what I'm getting to do? I'm getting to watch it with my grandkids. Which, by the way, we're seven. And the announcement's just being made that number eight is on the way. <clears throat> so k believe in the command, be fruitful and multiply. Yeah. Oh, wait a second. This church does that more than any church I've ever known in my life. <laughs> anyway, in the movie A Bug's Life, there's two mosquitoes. And uh, we don't know the name of the first one but we know the second one's name is Harry and the scene kind of goes like this. One flies toward the bug zapper. And the other one yells out, "Harry, no! Harry, no! Don't look at the light." And Harry the mosquito is so entranced he says, "I can't help it. It's so beautiful." And then the bug zapper zaps and Harry goes, "Woohoo!" And he's dead. The bug zapper got him, but that struck me. It struck me how that happens to us as Christians. Harry, don't look. I can't help it. It's so beautiful, and sometimes the enemy makes things in our world seem so beautiful and so needed, and inevitably what it does is it causes us to bounce away from the Lord, causes us to quit on our strength, causes us to default on blessings. See, when your mind is a mess, your life is a mess. When your mind thinks in ways that it shouldn't, I can't help it. It's so beautiful. When your mind thinks in ways it shouldn't think, then your life ends up taking on what your mind thinks, and the mess goes then to everybody else. So I want to ask you a question today Are you willing to be restored? Are you willing to be restored? And I hope your answer is yes. So I want to pray right now for those that are battling discouragement, those that are battling distractions and those that are battling worldliness. And all I ask is that you just be honest, that you just be honest, not gonna embarrass you. I don't like to embarrass people, and I for sure don't like to embarrass myself. So I just wanna pray for you. Would everyone close your eyes and bow your heads? First of all, those of you that are here today and you say, Pastor Jeff, what I'm battling is discouragement. I wanna just ask you right now, if that could be you, I wanna ask you to stand to your feet right now. Just stand to your feet, I'm battling discouragement. The evil one has got that wedge-shaped tool and he is trying to drive it into me. Don't wait, I know this is different. I just wanna ask you to stand up. The reason why I'm asking you to make a move is because when you make a move with your body, it exercises your faith. Just stand up. I'm fighting discouragement. You're not standing up for anybody else. You're standing up for yourself. You're not standing up because there's anything wrong. You're standing up because you wanna be touched right now. Anyone else? Discouragement's coming at me, Pastor Jeff. I want to be prayed for. Anyone else? Okay, those of you that are distracted, you're getting hit with the same stuff that John Mark got hit with. You're getting distracted right now. Distractions are are taking you away from God. Stand to your feet right now. All across the room, stand to your feet. I want to pray for you. Distractions. Distractions. It's time for those to be laid down today. Somebody say amen. And then finally... Those that have been caught and are being allured away from God with the things of this world. Just stand to your feet right now, come on. Stand to your feet. The things of this world are pulling you away. Whatever that might be, I'll just let the Holy Spirit define it for you. Anyone else, just stand to your feet. Stand to your feet, we're gonna pray. Great, I wanna ask those of you that are standing to just open your hands. I love to do this when someone prays for me, and the reason why I do is because I want to receive everything God has for me while somebody prays for me. So I just want to ask you to do that, and I'm going to pray for you now. Father in heaven, I want to thank you for these, your faithful servants. I want to thank you, Lord, for the honesty and integrity they have in their heart. I want to thank you, Lord God, for the breakthrough that you're releasing from heaven right now into their mind and into their soul. I want to thank you, Lord God, for the increase coming. I want to thank you, Lord God, for the restoration of hope. I want to thank you, Lord God, for the focus on destiny. I want to thank you, Lord God, for the things that are in the past to be laid down and to become strangely dim in light of your glory and your grace. Lord, I'm asking you for healing where it's needed. I'm asking you for renewal where it's needed. I'm asking you for total and complete restoration for my friends. And Lord, I'm praying that today would mark the day when faith in their life becomes stronger than ever, where destiny becomes stronger than ever, and where your blessings are recognized. Coming out, going in, rising up, lying down, Lord, that there be blessings upon these wonderful people These wonderful servants, I pray in Jesus' name. All right, you may be seated. Online, God bless you. So glad that you prayed with us in that regard just as well. Now I pass to the anointed, awesome (laughs) pastor, Pastor Tim.
1: Come on, let's tell Pastor Jeff, my pastor, how much we appreciated that powerful word this morning. Thank you, PJ, so much. Thank you, Pastor Don, for being here and being an amazing wife to an amazing man of God. I'm so, so grateful for the spiritual covering that our church has. I think many churches are just foolish enough to believe that they can do it on their own. I am not that guy. We are not that church. We believe in health. We believe in being under authority, being underneath the spiritual covering, and our church depends upon that. I'm so grateful for you and for your leadership. Thank you for being a man of integrity, being a great spiritual father to me. We appreciate that so much. You're invaluable here. Thank you so much for that. As we finish up today, I want to uh, give you one last response Uh, this morning. Would you bow your head and close your eyes if you're watching online? Can I have your attention for just the next two minutes? Perhaps you're here today. Perhaps you're in this audience. Perhaps you're watching online and you would say, Pastor, honestly, I don't have a relationship with the Lord. I need to take that first step. Maybe you've never had a walk with God and you don't know even where to start. I'm going to help you with that. Or perhaps you were like me, you maybe were raised in church but you you'd gotten away from God. How do how do I take that first step? I want to help you by leading you in a prayer. And if you're willing to, if you're willing to pray this prayer with me, this is your first step. I believe God is going to hear that and honor that step of faith that you take. So I'll tell you what to say. The prayer goes like this. Just pray with me. Just say Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. I believe that you came, you died, and rose from the grave so that I could have life and forgiveness for all of my sin. I invite you to come into my heart, be the Lord of my life, take over. I don't want to live my life my way anymore. I give my life to you in Jesus' name. And with every head bowed and every eye closed, my friend, if that was you, I'm so incredibly proud of you. If you say, Pastor, I I did, I prayed that prayer with you, let me just see your hand all across this place if you wouldn't mind. Good, good, good. Good for you. If you're watching online, you're like, hey, that was me, I want to invite you to do do me a favor if you would. Would you text us? The number is appearing on your screen now, the number is 844-HRC-TEXT. If you'll text the words, I prayed, what I'm going to do is send you some links to some things that I've prepared to help you understand what just happened in your heart. And what we believe you should do next. It's our incredible honor to help you on your faith journey. We'd be honored to do it. Good for you. I'm proud of you. For everyone else, go ahead and look up at me. If you would, then stand to your feet. It's been such an honor hearing the word of the Lord with you today. It's been such a great day in the presence of God. I'm so thankful that you made it today. I want to remind you of a couple things. Number one, our elders, our wives as well, they're coming up here. They're going to remain at the front of this platform to be available to pray with you about anything that you might need prayer for. Also on September the 15th, it's Unite coming up. This is where we gather together with churches, with business leaders. The most influential people in our city will come together under one roof to hear what the heart of God is for our city and begin to use our resources to join together to make our city better. There's nothing short of miraculous things happening when we come together and the believers aren't competing with one another but actually working together on the same agenda. It's powerful. and I'd love for you to be there to support it. So tickets are now available It's at the Belcher Center at Laternal University. We want you to, to, to make a good showing, if you wouldn't mind, show up and hear what God is doing in our city and be a part of that. It's an amazing thing. For everybody else, let me just bless you as you go. Father, I thank you for my incredible church family. I pray that you would bless them with your presence all week long in Jesus' name. And everyone said together, amen. God bless you as you go. I
0: hope you have an amazing week. Thank you so much for listening in today. Our prayer is that you are encouraged and strengthened by the message. If you haven't done so yet, be sure to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review wherever you're listening. If you want to be a part of our online community, connect with us through Facebook or Instagram with the handle at HighRidgeLV, or you can check out our website at HighRidgeLV.com. Lastly, if this ministry has impacted your life and you'd like to support its work, visit HighRidgeLV.com give. We appreciate your support, and we're believing with you today for God's best in your life. Have an incredible week, and we will see you next time.